Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And now, on to those lousy movies. There are too many bad Christmas videos to count them all. Undoubtedly, people will argue over the worst more than the best. I did not want to spend a lot of time talking about the clunkers. Instead, I will list the two I despise the most. Number one, the absolute worst Christmas movie of all time, The Grinch film version. Now, The Grinch was only the promotional title for its release in America. The official billing became Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Not just How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. If I wanted, I could review the title alone. This is not Dr. Seuss's version. In fact, it could not possibly be more the opposite of Dr. Seuss's version. It is Ron Howard's version. When all is said and done, this is not truly the same story, and it did not have the same message. Those are not insignificant points. Once again, I love the original Dr. Seuss book and the annual half-hour animated CBS special that Seuss, Theodore Geisel, his real name, also worked on. He was no longer alive when the bomb squad accidentally missed this WMD. Maybe God in his mercy took Geisel home first. Why do people feel the need to tamper with classics? Is it to put their own names on pieces of art that were already signed by others? Is it for money? They usually deny either of those reasons. Oh, oh, I'm doing this as a tribute, they claim. I'm doing this as a tribute. In the case of director Ron Howard, I'm not sure if he would call this a tribute. Hopefully not. It would only make the project more of a travesty. To be fair, there were a few good things about the movie. Visually, it was stunning and fun to watch simply from the standpoint of eye candy and beauty alone and clever gadgetry. And I suppose if we had to have a real live actor portraying the Grinch, Jim Carrey did about as good a job as anyone could. It also boasted one beautiful song, and that's it. I can compliment nothing else. Getting more out of me would be like trying to suck blood from a turnip. If only they'd released the song alone. But alas, we are dealing with Hollywood, where producers ask themselves only two related questions. Is this marketable and will this sell? Sell them, if ever. Do they wrestle with enough artistic integrity to raise their hands from across the big boardroom table and spit out the words, S-A-J-B, should we really do this? Is it really necessary? How do you take a 30-minute special, even less if you minus the commercials, and make close to a two-hour movie out of it? Well, obviously, you have to pad the story. In this case, so much stuffing was jammed inside, we can barely taste the original turkey, although turkey is certainly an appropriate description for a film that should have borrowed the verbiage of Tim Burton's holiday title, The Nightmare Before Christmas. As for that padding, learn all about sensitivity and political correctness as flashbacks show us a boy, Grinch, who grew up in a dysfunctional environment and was ridiculed by all the other little kids at Whoville Elementary School. Discover the sorrowful backstory about the girl he fell in love with who wanted nothing to do with him. See, the problem wasn't in his own nature. It was the fault of everyone else. Although the film does start with the familiar narration, his heart was two sizes too small. It then goes on to prove that his heart actually had nothing to do with the problem. It was the surroundings, his environment. Silly, didn't you know? But I've saved the best for last. Check out this new ingredient. In this one, the people of Whoville are into the commercialism of Christmas. There's a theme we've never seen in a movie before. They have forgotten what Christmas is really 
all about. Oh, Ron Howard, you have certainly topped yourself this time. Rarely has such creativity enveloped the wonderful world of winter cinema. Just imagine a message decrying the commercialism of Christmas. I was so amazed, startled, and downright shocked I almost spilled my box of hot tamales into my lap. Only one person in Whoville protested commercialism. Cindy Luhu. You remember her? Little Cindy Luhu, who was two. Only this time she's not two. She's old enough to give lectures on greed and other capitalistic invasions that conspire to wreck the holidays. Am I crazy? Wasn't Dr. Seuss's entire message that the people of Whoville were not into commercialism? Doesn't the Grinch learn this when he steals all their gifts, decorations, and food, only to find them singing and celebrating anyway? If asked why he felt compelled to change everything around, perhaps Howard would say, we needed more of a story. After all, the original was under 30 minutes, and we were making this into a two-hour feature. And therein lies the very source of his problem. The mistake was assuming this needed to be made in the first place. I will close with the irony of ironies. For the sake of money, for the sake of commercialism, Hollywood turned a beautiful Christmas tradition into a lecture against commercialism. Good one, guys. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.